0: So good to see you. So, my question this morning, my opening question is what makes you weary? If you were to think about this thing, what de energizes you or what demotivates you? I don't know what it is for you. Let's start with one thing that I think is an easy thing COVID. You know, is it the relentless COVID news on the news cycle? Is it the constantly Changing rules, is it the uh, different aspects of uh, compliance, is it that, is it tennis stars and Novak or Novak's Djokovic and all this kind of stuff, is it that, is that what it is, if that's an easy one, what another another thing, any parents in the house, parenting, who knows that parenting can make you weary, yes, we've got some very enthusiastic people uh, here, parenting is amazing. In our, in our house, my kids, for whatever reason, they love to ask mum for things, even though I'm there. So we have two levels in our house. The other day, uh, I was just in a, in a room and just next door, my son, who's five, he was just yelling from one end of the house to the other. And he was just saying, mom, mom. She was upstairs. I was downstairs. He's yelling, 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 mom, mom, mom. She comes down and uh, he asks a simple question. And she says to him, what about dad? Dad was right there. And Ben's got this thing. He says, oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) But parenting can make you weary because of the relentless demands of your kids and the fact that often you have to repeat very similar Subjects, where are your shoes? Get your shoes on. And usually, sometimes we deal with that by escalating and going, Where are your shoes? Get your shoes on. How many times do I have to tell you to get your shoes on? And they say, Four. Four. That's how many times you've got to say. That can make us weary. Anyone here got a job or got demands from an employer? That can make you weary. And so there's all these circumstances of life that can make you weary. But I want to ask you another question, and I want to go to another level. What makes your soul weary? At a deeper level, because we all have pressures of life, and those pressures, they're just a normal part. The demands are a normal part of life. But what makes you weary in a way that a day off is not going to fix or a holiday is not going to fix? And I think for some of us, we would say some of the things that we've talked about, the pressures of life, they would make us weary. For some of us, COVID has made many of us weary. One of the reasons is, is because we are often expending a huge amount Uh, a greater amount of energy to do less because we're always having to change and rework and adapt and be flexible. And so not only do we have a less of a sense of achievement, but we've got a greater output of work. We're always having to deal with that. The other thing that can make people weary is ambiguity, not knowing what's next, not being able to get into a routine, being constantly having to Uh, change directions in different ways. And so these are some things that make us weary and they can make us weary at that deep level. Who knows what that feeling is to be that deepness of exhaustion, that time when it's more than just a sleep in, more than just a relaxing day. There's something that gets within you. And there's a whole bunch of things that can do it. One of the things that can do it is a a sustained energy output that is above your capacity, above your resources, where you're consistently going beyond and your tank is getting lower and lower and lower and you start to run on empty. And if you do that for a while, that can make you weary deeply at a soul level. The other thing that can make us uh, weary at a soul level is when we're working hard, but not seeing results. You're like, I'm busting my butt. I'm doing this day in, day out. I'm not getting where I want to go. For some of us who follow Jesus, sometimes it's, I'm not doing what God has called me to do or told me to do, or I'm even following Jesus, but I'm not getting where I'm supposed to go. And that's what can happen. Within us... There are types of conflicts that can make us weary. Who knows that relational conflict can affect us at a deep soul level? Who also knows that inner conflict, when we are conflicted within ourselves, that can also make us weary at a soul level. And so today we want to talk about weariness and the soul. Now, Jesus was deeply concerned, deeply concerned, deeply moved by weariness that he saw in people. Matthew chapter 9, he says, people, he saw that people were hopeless and helpless and harassed. And it says, and he had compassion on them. That word, compassion, in the Greek, the original language, it was written. That word compassion is the deepest word for love. The way that he was moved was in the deepest way. We would put this uh, in the way that we would say this he was gutted, or his heart was broken. So when Jesus saw people who were weary and helpless and harassed and hopeless, they had that deep sense, not just a surface level. He was moved, he was gutted, his heart was broken actually deep within him, he had a concern. And I want to encourage you today, whether you're here in the room or whether you're listening online, that God cares about the weariness of your soul. He cares. He is deeply moved. He is. He, he doesn't just oh, shrug it off or say, oh, you should do better or know better. But God is deeply moved about your weariness. And so if you have something going on with you that you can't maybe you can't explain it, maybe you can't explain it that is deep within you, you are in the right place. And so Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 in response to what he's seeing, he offers this invitation. And you can listen along or you can uh, turn in your own Bibles or apps. I'm in the New Living, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And it says, Then Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He says, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, And you will find rest for your souls. So there's some amazing promises here around Jesus's capacity, his desire, the fact that he is moved, but also his power to impact us and to see change at a soul level. And so he says, come, if you've got heavy burdens, I'm going to give you rest. And the type of rest is rest for weary souls. It's the type of thing that you can't just fix at a a surface level. You've got to go deeper in the way that you deal with it. But within this passage, there's a little bit of something that is a little bit of a contradiction because what he says in the beginning of verse 29 is he says, Take my yoke upon you. Now the yoke is the yoke of cattle or oxen in Australia we would call them bullocks and it's an instrument of work so there's a tension there's something that's on the surface level needs maybe a little bit of thought a little bit of understanding is that Jesus asks the weary to work so he says i want i'm going to i'm going to help you find rest but here what i want you to put this yoke on and so Initially, we could our response to that is that we could be offended, we could be exhausted, or we could be confused. And so the reaction that we can have to this passage is this idea that Jesus asked the weary to work at an emotional level, we could be offended. At a practical level, we could be exhausted. And at a theological level or understanding level, we could be Confused, and let me unpack those a little bit. Let me give you a scenario that I'm even a little bit frightened to think about. But okay, so my beautiful wife, which you've uh, some of you have met or you've, you've seen her up here, so she's one of the ha- hardest, most dedicated, loving people that I know. She works part time, she um, does so much for our family. She's very involved in, in loving and caring for the people of this church. So imagine this scenario, she gets home from work and she says, I'm really weary and tired and I say to her, here is a saucepan and here is a dustpan and here is a vacuum cleaner and so what I, I see your weariness and here are some suggestions for what you could make for dinner. Okay, as I said, I'm frightened. Frightened, uh, s- thinking about this. But maybe some other people could uh, workshop this. Regan, maybe you could try this at home with Shannon. Also, there's some other. She's currently pregnant, or I don't know. If Matt's here, uh, Matt and and uh, Anna. And there's there's some nodding. There's some very <laughs> like me. I'm 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 afraid. I would never do that. And sometimes that's what it can feel like. When we are asked to do something, there's this response, why are you asking me to do something? You know that I'm weary. Why are you asking me to do something? Which leads to the next part, is that when we are asked to take a yoke, when we are asked to do something, we say, I, I can't do that because I'm." the whole point is I'm exhausted. So at a practical level, I'm exhausted. I, You're asking me to to take this yoke, but I've got no more path. That's why we're in this predicament. That's at the practical level. At a theological level, sometimes there's a little bit of confusion because one of the things that we understand about Jesus and and relationship with Jesus is it's by grace. It's a gift. We don't earn it. We don't work our way into relationship with Jesus. It's a free gift. It's nothing that we could do within ourselves. And so sometimes there's a bit of confusion about why would Jesus make me do something or ask me to do something when we know that it's by grace? And so these are some of the tensions within this. And in a way, it is counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to make sense. Has anyone uh, seen or heard of the movie Karate Kid? All right, So Karate Kid uh, is a movie. Did it first come out in, are we talking 80s? We're talking 80s, okay. The golden decade. Probably not. Maybe for perms, but probably not. So The Karate Kid, if you've never seen it, there is this young boy, his name is Daniel LaRusso. And uh, it's they've made this uh, out of interest, they've made this kind of follow-on series 20 years later on Netflix called Cobra Kai, and it follows the, the same guys. But in the original story, there's this young kid, his name is Daniel LaRusso, and he's getting bullied. And so he asks this karate master, Mr. Miyagi, to teach him how to play, how to play, how to do karate. And if you know, instead of teaching him, he gets him to do jobs, Around his house. So he gets him to paint. Do you remember that one? And then the famous one, wax on, wax off. And so Daniel doesn't know it. He's getting frustrated. He doesn't understand the methods. But essentially, what he's doing is he is teaching him the basic body movements and skills of a lot of key karate moves. Now, the thing is in this story, is that Mr. Miyagi, the master, knew something about karate and about how to do what was needed to do. And our question this morning is, what does Jesus, the master, know about rest and the type of rest of the soul that may not make sense to us, but will ultimately take us to the place that we need to go? When an uh, uh, oxen or a bullock, when they're harnessed together to pull a load, they are trained. And the goal of the trainer is this, I did a little bit of research. The goal of the trainer, the hope, is that they are eagerly, easily trained and eager to work for the team. They are easily trained and eager to work for the team. Now, another thing that's uh, very, very common is the starting point for most um, oxen or cattle in that time is that it's fear. When they come and when they are restricted, when they are joined together in that yoke, it's fear. They're not used to that. That's not their usual way of operating. And sometimes that is the case for us. It is going into the unknown. It is going to do something new to try a new way. Who knows that when you're trying to do something new, it takes a lot more energy, it takes a lot more effort, you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes we interpret that uncomfortability, if that is even a word, that feeling of being uncomfortable as something is wrong. And it's not that something is wrong, it's just that something is moving. So here are some things that the master wants us to know. Here are some things. The first thing is the master is inviting us to give up control. And this is very, very important. This is very, very important. And this deals with our emotional response. If you are weary or tired and somebody asks you to do something, what is your usual response? Don't tell me what to do, right? Who likes being told what to do? All right? Yes, we've got one, but I. <laughs> He's in the army, okay? So people in the army like to be told what to do. That's a blanket statement. Okay, they're trained to be told what to do. All right? We don't like being told what to do, we have an emotional response. And Jesus says if you are serious about getting, dealing with your weariness at a soul level, you need to let me be the master. Difficult concept. And here's the, here's the thing. You can either pretend, because I think if one thing that COVID has talked to us about or has uncovered is that control is only an illusion, right? We can't really control anything. Sometimes you say, well, the only person that you can control is yourself. How's that going? Like you're totally totally in control all the time? Okay, so there, there are certain aspects that you can control, but to say that I can have control of my life is an illusion. So you can either pretend to have control over your life or you can have rest in your life, but you can't have both. Let me say that again. You can either pretend to have control in your life, over your life, or you can have rest in your life, but you can't have both, and it's a it's a binary option because we say yes, I want rest, but I want control, and and Jesus is saying it's it's just not possible, and, and in fact, it is the starting point. You cannot achieve the type of rest at a soul level that Jesus is talking about without saying, Jesus, you you are God, and I'm not. You you. You're the eternal person, I'm, I'm here. I know you love me, but we are different. And a lot of time, our weariness surrounds a lack of control. And often what is worry, worry and anxiety, is us circling around and around, working out how we can try and get control back or thinking about how we lost it and going around and around burning all this energy this incredible uh, output of emotional and mental energy. So here's my question. What are you trying to control that you can't control, that you need to give up control so that you can find rest? What are you trying to control that you can't control, that you need to give up control so that you can find rest? What is it that you are holding on and it's just not working, but in the, as in the process of holding on so tight or trying to control this thing, you are getting more and more and more weary. Your soul, you are getting more and more anxious. And Jesus is saying, you can pretend to have control over your life, or you can have rest in your life, but you can't have both. And that's what Jesus is saying but to do that we have to get past our emotions we have to get past being offended by someone asking us to do something that we may not want to do ourselves the second thing is that jesus says actually exchange your yoke with my yoke And most people, the idea of a yoke offends them because they think that they don't have any burdens on them. Or they're saying, Jesus is demanding something of me. He's asking me to be restricted. But what Jesus is actually saying is, you are filled with heavy burdens. How do you know that you've got heavy burdens? Your soul is weary. Okay, That's how you know. If your soul is weary... You are carrying heavy burdens. That's, that's the proof. And so Jesus is saying, what I actually want you to do is exchange your load with my load and partner with me. He's saying, I, I want you to give up what you I think that you've got. And I want you to take my yoke. It's easy and light. He doesn't say it's non-existent. He doesn't say, I want you to roam free in the pasture because that's not good for us he's saying i want you to be connected with me we'll talk about that in the next point but he's saying i want you to take your heavy yoke and put it aside we talked about this last week put aside the burdens i want you to take my yoke and i want you to teach you how to carry the weights and the burdens of life because life does have burdens We have healthy responsibilities to each other as employees, employers, as husbands, as wives, in relationships, in families, as parents. We've got all kinds of burdens, but Jesus is saying the way that you can carry those burdens is easy and light. So some of you uh, would probably know Sarah here, and Sarah uh, has been involved in powerlifting, and has represented Australia um, at some different events. And I think we would ask Sarah, as as an expert, but anyone who's ever been to the gym, who knows there's a right way and a wrong way to lift weights? And part of what Jesus is saying is here is, you've got these weights, but the way in which you are carrying them, you've got these responsibilities, the way in which you are carrying them is wrong. Another example, so I ride bikes and whenever I see uh, somebody who has their seat low and their uh, legs up really high as they're cycling, it offends me, okay? <laughs> Not for me because I know that they're going to hurt themselves. They're gonna, if they do that in the long term, they are going to um, injure their knees and damage themselves and there is a, they're also not going to get the type of power and the type of movement that they need to do. And so Jesus is saying there is a way to deal with the pressures of life, the load of life, the responsibility of life that is easy and light. That's different from running away from your problems, but that's partnering with Jesus. And so that's how he deals with it at a practical level. And that's how he deals with the issue of exhaustion. And, the say, and, and if you say, hey, I, I can't do what you've asked me to do because I'm so tired. And Jesus says, I want you to give up your control. I want you to trust me that I can show you how to lift and carry this weight because you're doing it wrong and you're going to hurt yourself and you're going to hurt people around you and you're going to damage yourself and you're not going to get where you need to go. The third thing, and the master's secret to rest, is to walk and work with Jesus. That's his plan. That's his key. Now, we've talked about some of the things that might stop us intellectually or physically or emotionally, but that's his plan, is that we would be in step with him, that we would walk life at a Jesus pace. That we would know what it is to carry weight and burden in an easy and light way. That we would be trained. That we would be eager to learn and easily trained. I wonder if we were talking and, and we've got all kinds of different people in different experiences of what it means to follow Jesus and become a Christian... But for those that have been a Christian for a little bit longer, would you describe yourself and your relationship with Jesus and his ways as eager, to, easily trained and eager to work? Are you easily trained and eager to work? Are you responsive to the master? What he wants, the different way of living. Now, there is a theological objection here because I said before, we know that salvation is by grace. That's how we enter into the kingdom. Now, one of the theological words we would use for this is justification. So, that's how we start. We start, we say, I am saved. And the next process, theologically, what we would talk about is a word that we would use, sanctification. So, we would say, I am saved. Sanctification is I'm being saved, meaning I'm learning what it is to live a life that is holy and pleasing to Jesus. And the way that you do that is with Jesus. You're not working towards Jesus. You're working with Jesus and you're walking and working with him. My question to you, are you walking and working with Jesus in your everyday Do you have a humility that says, I don't need to be in control of this aspect of my life? Do you have a humility that says, there could be a different way of carrying my burden? There could be something that I need to take off my burden and yoke myself to Jesus. What is it for you? And the Holy Spirit is speaking to each and every heart in this moment. Around walking and working with Jesus. 1 John 2 6 says, Those who say they live in God to abide, to connect, should live their lives as Jesus did. Another translation says, Those who live in God should walk as he did, meaning we should have a Jesus lifestyle. And I'm going to talk practically about what that looks like. Often in the act of training or yoking ox is often an untrained ox is yoked with a trained ox. And the reason for that, there's a couple of reasons. One is they learn to imitate them. The second is they get the same habits. And the third is they begin to learn to uh, respond to the same commands. This is Jesus's heart for us, that we would imitate him. When we read the Bible, when we see the stories of Jesus and how he dealt with people, how he navigated the world, we would go, hey, I want to be like that. To do that, I need some of the same habits that Jesus had. One of them is uh, engaging in the Bible, learning about Jesus. Another is prayer. That's what Jesus did in his model. We need some of the same habits. And the third is we need to know what it is to hear the voice of Jesus The voice of the master as he guides us, as he trains us for our benefit and to produce the type of deep peace and rest in our souls. So let me give you really practically what this looks like. What does this look like in your everyday? And here's the statement. Let Jesus write your to-do list. Let Jesus write your to-do list. Who here is a to-do list person? All right. Yeah, most of us are because usually we take our tasks or, or the things that are our objectives or maybe our burdens or the things that we need to get done, our load, our weight, and then we break that down into a list of things that we need to do. And so it's most people do that as part of a, um, a functioning work habit. What, it would lo- what would it look like? to let Jesus write your to-do list. And so let me give you a situation. You are weary, you are stressed out, you are anxious, you are worried, and somebody says, have you prayed about it? And your response is, don't tell me what to do. Who's ever been there? Yeah? You have an emotional reaction to somebody asking, how dare you tell me? What to do because can't you see that I am exhausted, that I am tired, and I have no energy to pray? And why should I need to pray anyway? Because Jesus has left me, I'm in this situation because He didn't do what He said He would do, and so now I am angry and offended and exhausted, and it's Jesus's fault and it's your fault, and so here we are. Look what you've done. You've made things worse. That's a potential response. That's a normal response, right? But what if we had the humility to, to accept and the teachability to accept the wisdom of Jesus? And when we had within it the voice within ourselves that says we should pray, or a loving and truthful voice around us that says we should pray, maybe we could just swallow our pride. And maybe we could just let Jesus write our to-do list and say, you know what? Jesus promised that he would help us. Maybe maybe Jesus knows a solution to this problem that I haven't thought of. Maybe this worry and anxiety is actually the source of my exhaustion. So if I'm going to stop being exhausted, I need to deal with the source. Do you see how powerful this is? That if we start to walk and work with Jesus throughout every day, if we get past our offence, if we get past our practical objections or theological objections around our exhaustion, that we could actually use, uh, we could actually start to move forward in the things of God. Let me give you a couple of examples. If you are weary in your finances, learn to give generously. This is a, a principle from the Word of God. It's actually a principle that endures. It is connected, obviously, to the Bible, but it also, uh, I was reading an article from uh, anyone heard of Kelly Row- Rowland? Okay, Destiny's Child? Do you want me to? S- n- no. Yes. <laughs> so, um, survivor. Anyway. So she was, despite her millions and millions of dollars, she found herself, this was just in the news, I think, when she was on The Voice or something like that, she found herself in debt and financial worry, and a friend of yours, it wasn't in this particular thing, wasn't related to Jesus or or anything uh, necessarily, the principle is, is, is from the Bible, but it says, hey, her friend challenged her and said, who are you giving to? How are you being generous with your finances? And from that moment that she started to live generously, she said her, her finances changed. And she began to uh, give to people who were in need. As one example, if you are weary from being hurt relationally, you need to forgive. This is what it means to allow Jesus to write your to-do list. Pretty simple. Who do you need to forgive? Who's hurt you? Who do you need to forgive? This is what it means. If you're weary in life, you're not getting where you thought where you would go, seek God. Say, "Hey God, what's your plan? What's your purpose for me? If you are weary trying to please other people, start to live your life to please God. This is what it means for Jesus to write your to-do list. If you are weary from a boss or a leader, pray for God to bless them. And on and on. We find the information that we need in the Word of God, in the pattern of Jesus, learning to walk and work like he did. I want you to take a moment, just as we close, just to imagine what your life would be If you did this, if you could say, and some of you may have not even thought that this was a possibility, that your life could be free from the weariness of soul, that your life could be light. He says, my yoke, it is a yoke, is easy and my burden is light. What does this look like? Imagine you getting past even some of the things that have been a part of your life for so long. That you might even know or feel like they are part of your identity or who you are. Your weariness in your soul is not part of your identity. It is something that you can present to Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm inviting your wisdom. I'm inviting your guidance. I'm inviting your control into my life. I'm freely surrendering. Jesus doesn't impose upon us. He invites us. He says, come to me. What would it be like for you? Some of you right now, this is quite significant. Just take a moment and say, there's something. Maybe there's a a relational conflict. Maybe there's an inner conflict. Maybe there's just, you feel like life has spiraled out of control. Maybe you think the circumstances of your past have got to a point where the way that you think about your future is through the lens of weariness. And a deep, deep ache within your soul. Let's pray together. Jesus, we just uh, we honor you in this church as Master. We know that you have a different way for us to walk and to work. And so Lord, I pray right now that each and every person would be inspired by your Holy Spirit in a certain area to let you write their to-do list. That there would be a situation, a circumstance where you say, hey, I got to give up control here. I got to invite you in. I got to put down my heavy burden and take on your way of carrying the load. And so, God, we thank you and we honor you for that. Just while everyone's uh, eyes are bowed and, uh, sorry, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation. Maybe uh, some of you here, you have never invited Jesus in.